Welcome to Working on Wellness, Health and Mind's bi-weekly wellness podcast where we discuss wellness through the lenses of mindfulness, mental health, nutrition, sleep, exercise, and healthy relationships. We are stoked you're with us today as we meet with Health and Mind native Allison Thomas. We're going to discuss living beyond anxiety, our anxiety group, but we'll refer to it as LBA for the most part. Allison is a certified massage therapist, a counseling intern, and one of our hosts of the Working on Wellness podcast. We'd like to remind you that you can learn more about the six tenets of wellness and how to get connected with us here at Health and Mind by clicking the link in the show notes. Allison, I guess welcome back. <laughs> You've been here before. Yeah, it's it's nice to be here. Well, you have now taken the torch as um, the uh, LBA. Uh, I don't know how we'd say it. Or you've organized it. You've created it. Uh, parts of it. You've um, you've been a facilitator. Um, I feel like you're the go-to person for LBA. Aside from you, I only took the torch from you. So I think we're equally as equally as knowledgeable in this world. And it's, it's a wonderful uh, program to work through and learn from. Yes, I have facilitated LBA for three sessions. You've, you're about to head into your second now. I think, um, that we are probably the best people to talk to about it because we've both facilitated. I'm, I'm especially excited to talk to you though, because you're starting a new group today and there's another group that's also starting. So we're doing two groups at once here. Um, right. And it's been recently uh, revamped as we've just said, and then uh, reorganized. So there's probably a little bit of um, new parts that we can discuss. And then ultimately my hope for listeners is to get a good feel of the group. So. We're here and it's time to make it happen. I think the first question for us to talk about is, what is this group? What's it all about? You know, when I first think about it, um, as I was describing it to people that were joining, to me, it's like a, it's a way to go through the different steps with sort of the umbrella of acceptance and commitment therapy with the, and, and to those who don't know what that is, really thinking about um, psychological flexibility, um, bringing in the growth mindset, um, connecting with yourself and, and using those tools with your value systems to to manage things you're struggling with. So three things mentioned there that might be a little bit abstract, certainly abstract to new group members, the psychological flexibility, the growth mindset, and then sort of doing what matters, you know, the value-driven actions. Maybe we can demystify I think the value driven, that part kind of makes sense to a lot of people, but the first two can be a little bit more fuzzy. Let's, let's see if we can define those a bit. Right. Right. Especially like, um, well, everybody I think knows about flexibility, you know, um, with the body, you know, I can't, you might not be able to touch your toes. So that means your, your legs are tight and kind of the same way. Um, and that the more you work on it, um, the more you move and stretch, the more you can get flexible in your body. And it's sort of the same way of, uh, being psychologically flexible of, um, I know, finding new ways to think about where you might not be as open as you once were. Actually, this is funny. I just took a, um, a an assessment for myself about executive functioning and things, and I'm naturally not psychologically flexible. <laughs> and it, it's funny to think about, um, you know, but it, it's sort of like, it's just something you need to work on. 
And, and, you know, being inflexible doesn't mean you have to stay that way. It's just something you have to work on. Um, so some people might be more naturally inclined to be flexible and others like myself might be um, just presenting with uh, some inflexibility, but it just presents with an opportunity to learn the techniques to, um, to figure out where you can create a little more space in your thinking. Absolutely. And that's sort of leading into the growth mindset of we're not aiming to be the you know an olympian in our flex in our cognitive flexibility we're aiming to take where we are and get a little bit better and as you mentioned if you're not physically flexible right you might not be able to stretch and touch your toes if you're not cognitively flexible how does how is that associated with anxiety how do those things like, up? i would think like the first thing i think of is like say i was planning something with my family outside and that's, um, that was the thing we were going to do that day, but then it rained and I didn't count on that. And I didn't know how do I, then what do I do? Then I could, you know, I could handle it in lots of different ways. I could, I could be grumpy and say, our day is ruined and we're not going to do anything else because it's raining outside or, okay, it's raining. Let's get some rain boots on and grab an umbrella and go play in the rain, or let's go see a movie or, you know, it's that ability to shift your thoughts as things change. And that's more of an external um, barrier, but there's, and I think that there's always, there's for me, and I know that many people probably experience, there's always seems to be those barriers that things happen in life that, um, you might not have count on. So it's the ability to, to kind of go with the flow. Right. Um, um, that's, yep. That's how I see it as well. You, you know, some people more than others have attachment to outcomes that they'd like to see, or they have an attachment to this image they have of themselves. And so anxiety in my eyes really stems from a lack of acceptance for being incorrect in that instance. Like I was going to go play outside. Well, it's raining now. I was incorrect in this um, attachment to, or I was rather, I had this attachment to what I was going to do. And unfortunately the way it all is mapping out is not how I expected. Or I thought I was a great public speaker, but I just completely fumbled my speech in front of this group of people. Wow. I now have to be flexible and go, okay, what, what can I do with this new information rather than, um, you know, what some folks experience, which is, um, you know, we, we get into rumination, we get into negative self-talk, and these are things that get addressed in LBA. Um, but I, I think what we're talking about right now is really the core of cognitive flexibility, which is allowing ourselves to open up and choose a different thought than the one that we were previously holding on to. And the more we practice that and, are, and get better at it, it's like you said, Allison, it's a totally a skill. Um, it's something to become conscious of if we're not natural at it, but it's so cool in that we can practice it all the time. It's almost like the worse you are at it, the more opportunities there are to practice. And we <laughs> definitely get that in our group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I'll ask you the question. So how do you learn that? Well, like I said, you know, first you gotta you gotta know. And by the way, Allison, I've never taken an executive functioning test, but I know for me, I get attached to expectations I have um, right. many times for myself, sometimes for other people. And what you gotta do first is realize that the storm going on in your head, the tension that you feel, it really is because of how you're thinking about it. Not to say that it's your fault. Not to say that other people aren't. Um, you know, causing things that would that make anybody anxious, but you've got to take ownership of your part that you're bringing onto the situation, which is 
the attachment you have to what you want to happen, you know, your desire for it. So once you recognize that that is a part you're playing, then, then you can realize I have some effect on how I experience this. And from then, you can practice things like mindfulness. I think that was my intro to really working on this was not even in the moment, but beforehand, spending 10 to 15 minutes doing a mindfulness exercise or meditating would make me less reactive or attached to outcomes when they would happen. In the moment now, just mantras or little reminders saying that um, they might see the situation differently than you. You might not know all the facts yet. It's okay to not understand. It's going to be okay. Just little little reminders of instead of getting my physiology all worked up in this moment that maybe the whole story's not been told, you know? So that's that's kind of how it progressed for me and um I'd say that's where I'm at now. It's like the the practice beforehand and now in the moment trying to wrap my head around the fact of what I'm experiencing. Do I know that I'm anxious right now? Do I know that I was even attached to that outcome and I'm bothered now that it's not happening? So um, yeah, I think, it, I think it has to be conscious first and then um, practiced. And with that, something that you've taught me, Allison, is to have compassion for yourself when it happens too. Because you can be conscious that you're anxious, but then you can really quickly beat yourself up with it too. Just because you know it's there doesn't mean you're going to handle yourself with compassion and move forward. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of how I see that process at the moment. There's a lot, there's a lot to what you said. And especially, um, when I think of mindfulness, I think of, um, being in the moment, like you said, but creating that space. I think that it's in that space. It's that magical space that you can bring in. That's the opportunity to create that pause in the present moment where you can either bring in that compassion or you can bring in that rumination. You know, and it's and it's that in that space where that power is of holding space with yourself first without judgment. That's very challenging, um, but just noticing, like, oh wow, there I am having that thought again. Oh wow, I'm really noticing these angry feelings coming up, or um, I'm really noticing that the rain outside is uh, upsetting me because I really wanted to go. I I wanted to take my kids out to the to the park. Um, and then just holding that space for yourself. And then that from the next place is where the, um, well, the next place is where um, being open to what those things are and, in, and inviting in those values and then taking action from there. But it's that magical mindfulness space that, that creates that, um, that power. And I think, um, was that clear? Like, was that... Um, made sense to me what you just said. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. It reminded me of our model. It reminded me of the process that we get into. If you join LBA and you go through what we teach, I, I believe it's first day or second day. I don't know how you guys have revamped it, but we talk about what you said almost verbatim, but the way you put it, I was going through it in my mind and going, yeah, like that's that's kind of how the process works in a nutshell. Thankfully at LBA, we really break it down and we, we slow down and we practice each one of those parts. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I, I, I also in what you said was such a reminder of how applicable that model is and how necessary each part of it is that opening up that space of opening up is really where I think folks miss it. Most of the time you either respond with your emotion or you can suppress your emotion. And I, 
in my experience around people, that seems to be most of the time where they go. Um, if something happens that they weren't expecting and they're frustrated, it's sort of, um, you know, repress it or I'm going to just fly off the handle in, in whatever way feels right in this moment. So, um, yeah, that made a ton of sense to me. I'm realizing that you and I are really sort of getting into some of the nuts and bolts of what we teach in the group. And, mm -hmm. you know, the question you asked me, the question I asked back to you is something we ask group members to consider for themselves. And then we talk about what part is most challenging. Um, opening up space is one that I find challenging. Some folks would say, I don't know what to do once I've done that, right? The next part is the challenge for them. So um, I'd like to continue to be in this space of talking about the process of it. I also am conflicted because I want listeners to know about how we approach anxiety over the course of the eight weeks. I'm assuming it's still eight weeks. Mm -hmm. Seven. Um, seven weeks. Okay. So yeah. maybe maybe let's open up to that a little bit and talk about what we do in each of those seven weeks, how we break this process down. Yeah. Actually, I have my handy little list here. Um, you know, the first session is introductions kind of Actually, I would say the first session is our little mini discussion about psychological flexibility and the growth mindset and kind of an overview about what we're going to be doing and maybe tapping in a little bit about values. And then it goes into avoidance, uh, coping mechanisms and acceptance. You know, um, I think avoidance is probably the most common way uh, that, that, that we handle anxiety. And yet we all know that it doesn't make it better. <laughs> it often makes things a whole lot worse. But so we talk a lot about that. Um, I can just do it just to go down the list. Yeah. And I like what you're already doing as, as far as giving a little bit of information about what that means in the group. So I, yeah, that, that sounds great if we could do that. Okay. Yeah. And then so in the third one, we'll go more into mindfulness and cognitive diffusion. And that cognitive diffusion is sort of the magical word. It's, it sounds very technical, but when I think of diffusing something, I think of just sort of taking the main parts away and making it not as powerful. And when I think of a cognitive thought or like a thought that might get in your way of being anxious, you know, it's really diffusing the problem. Or like if you diffuse a bomb, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Um, so we'll learn. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about mindfulness, kind of creating that space, being in the present moment, and then how how you can work on diffusing um, your thoughts. Um, and then from there, uh, the next one is self-compassion. So bringing in from there, from that space, how you can invite the compassionate, the compassionate eye, the compassionate voice, um, the feeling, all of those things. Um, if I were to put my personal note, I think that's where I've noticed most of my clients having the hardest time. Um, it's a, it's, for some reason, it's e it seems to be easy for people to offer compassion to others, but the hardest to offer it to ourselves. Yeah. Um, so that's a so that's a that's a um, that's a really powerful session. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, we talk about the mind and body connection, the physical aspects of anxiety. Um, you know, anything from stomach problems to headaches to muscle tension, pain. Um, so many things uh, happen in that. Uh, reaction with anxiety and, and the interaction with the nervous system, we get in that fight or flight, you know, it's either fight or freeze. Mm -hmm. um, so we're either fully engaged and ready to protect ourselves from the lion or crawl under a rock and protect ourselves, you know, in different ways. So the body has those natural ways of, of handling 
um, or reacting to stress. Um, and then from there, we'll go into more about the succession goes into more about values, really clarifying that what matters most to you and kind of what the center ideal of, of each person is and how they can bring that to centering in their actions um, and how they can bring it into that model of pausing and uh, opening up and then bringing in to take action. And at the end, um, kind of wrapping it all up, bringing in gratitude, um, finding practices where we could see things from a different lens, even after I, I hate to, I'll, I always bring up my classic example of my teenager, you know, cause I, we, we brought into the a gratitude practice of bringing in like three good things that happened that day and doing it over the week. And they were like, nothing good happened to me today. <laughs> but at the same time, after the week, now I'm finding them coming to me and saying, tell me something that good happened today. Um, because even on those hard days and with COVID, and it's been a challenging year, especially for my middle schooler, um, to find something even in the midst of a really bad day. Um, it's a it's a shift in awareness. So it's not necessarily suddenly putting on rainbow sunglasses and everything's great, but it's finding maybe a rainbow underneath some of the hard things that are going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool, this group, how it it's helping you to build skills. And that phrase you used, shifting, shift in awareness, I think it does that for you as well. Just, you know, I've noticed that, you know, through the weeks when we've done this and we've encouraged them to think on, okay, we're talking about compassion this week. So your homework assignment is, you know, let's say it was something to the effect of, you know, do something for self-care once per day and tell us how it went. <clears throat> Shifting that awareness, you'd have folks coming back and maybe it wasn't that they did it every day, but even two or three times and the effect was I really enjoyed the rest of my day or, you know, I really realized how I felt about this conversation I had earlier in the day. And I don't think I'd even really process it if it wasn't for me taking this time. And so um, on top of everything you're saying, when people are in the group experiencing this psychoeducation, because that's really what it is and processing it, they're shifting their awareness and they're really getting to know themselves, uh, especially when you know, talk about the values and the gratitude. It's all shining a light on things that maybe you're doing well and maybe things that you haven't been focusing on. And now you've got a whole week and um, you know an hour and a half to meet with people where you get to talk about that and really process through it. So this, this group, um, it sounds like it offers quite a lot. What have you seen as far as participants' response to the group, what they've gotten out of it, um, how it's had to change over time, things of that nature. I think you touched on it when you said that um, it, it just really brought to light like a new theme to think about for that week. Maybe something that wasn't even on their mind or they might have worked on before or just wasn't just wasn't playing a role in their life that might have just just planted a seed for a different way of thinking or a different way of being that might have opened up a a new way of looking at a situation or a thought or something that just kind of gives them a fresh start. Mm. That's what I've seen the most. Um, and I'm sure you've have a lot to say about that too, but I know from just the group that we led together, seeing people just kind of open up to different ways of thinking or seeing things, which can entail shift the way of thinking um, from there. Would you agree? I would agree with that. 
And I'm I, what jumped to mind was the agent that causes that change in perspective often wasn't you or I, the facilitators. It, it, maybe it was in some moments. And I think it was in some moments for sure. But where I felt participants have gotten the most out of the group is when someone else in the group shares their experience of the topic at hand and what that's been like for them. And that sort of leads me to wanting to talk a bit about who this group is for, who it's not for, and what you can expect by being part of it, um, how to be a good group member. Like I'd like to just kind of talk about the group member experience for a second. And I'll start off by saying that this group, um, historically, I believe it's still this way, is meant for folks that are learn that are desiring to be a part of support. You're going to get support in this group. You're going to learn about anxiety. As Allison's pointed out, there's a lot of different things to know about it and different ways to combat it and work through it. It's not for folks who are trying to process, um, you know, severe trauma within the group. It's not that kind of a group. It's not um, a group where you're going to be able to have a free counseling session and the light's going to be on you the whole time. It's absolutely a sharing group where folks are coming together to ultimately learn and be supported through their unique experience of anxiety. And they're, they're there to do that together, um, which can be really intimidating because you don't know who's going to show up to the group. Maybe you don't know your facilitators. And so um, maybe I'll pass it to you, Allison. What would you recommend someone come in someone coming into the group for the first time have the mindset of like how how can they be a great group member for themselves and others right and i and i would say this the, from what i've seen with the group that i've worked with and even the ones that i i know that will be there even today because it's going to start in like an hour um everybody's so curious and they're um two things they're they notice that they're in a place where they want to make things better and they're curious to find out how. And I think that they're um, they're really wanting to learn information and techniques um, because they're they're seeing where it's getting in the way of their lives. So I think from what I've seen with all the participants is to have that that curiosity to want to live a better version of you or the you your best potential. Um, that seems to be what I've seen. Um, the most commonality. And I would suggest if that's, if that, if that really draws you in, this would be a good group for you. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. <laughs> we give them plenty of information to, to chew on too. Right. Um, and even so, and to um, sometimes it's overwhelming. Like I remember like people are like, hold up, what does that mean? You know? So a lot of time it's, it's clarification and, and making it clear. Cause sometimes this new information it's like another language and it doesn't, sometimes it needs to be said a few times or maybe sat with for a few weeks and then suddenly it's clear or gosh, maybe even a month after they've taken it, it might've been maybe something happened that really set it in stone. Absolutely. Yeah. I almost wish like we could, I mean, that wouldn't really work because of confidentiality, but I almost wish they had them on, they, they had these groups on a recording so that they could go back and, and process through it. We do, at least we used to give out worksheets so that you can see kind of what the group's going to be like and you can prepare through reading. Something I wanted to add quickly before we sort of shift off the topic of being a, a great group member is uh, I kind of have a, a two-parter as well. Uh, for me, it's be honest about what you're experiencing and how you feel, whether that's I don't understand something or this topic's really hard for me or... Um, 
you know, I have something to share. I want you guys to, you know, hear this for a moment. I think being honest is huge because that's what's going to let everybody else in the room know that they're not go they're not crazy. They're not alone in it by hearing your truth. So that's that's a big one. And then the second one is um, being fully present for it and making it worth your while. Um, I think a huge problem for a lot of folks, definitely for me in recent years, and I, because of all the distractions that take place, it's so easy to be three different places at once. And that really will rob the richness and the, the, the beauty of the presence of the group and the power of the information. And so I would just say if you've chosen to come to LBA, um, full screen the meeting, keep your camera on, keep your microphone on, you know, mute uh, any sort of notifications and just be there with the other folks for that time. Uh, I think that you're going to get so much more out of it than if it's sort of something you're doing because you feel like you, you should and maybe it'll help. It's like commit to it for the eight weeks and see what you can get out of it. Mm -hmm. I would. Well said. I think that's really important because yeah, you get in, if you're all in, you'll, you'll really get in the experience. Yeah. I'm really excited that, you, you know, we've got two groups. So it seems to me that LBA is growing now and it started off like, as I, as we mentioned in the beginning, I did the first ever LBA group at Health in Mind. Uh, the material was actually developed from a group that was run at Virginia Commonwealth University. We adapted it to be for adults and older teens, but just not school related. And that first group that we did, we had a few participants that were really open and shared what was going on and the group came together. Um, it was more of an extroverted feeling group than the second one, which felt more of an introverted group. And there was a little bit more space and silence. And um, I think that's another thing that's cool about joining an LBA group is your group is going to be unique. It's going to be its own thing because, you know, Allison and I and the other leaders, we're not trained to um, domineer the group or make you speak when you don't want to speak or make you participate in a certain way. We're there to sort of set a, um, set a, what would you say? A space, yeah, it's, it's a space where you can explore the material and interact with it. Um, so that's an exciting aspect of it, too, is that it's it's going to be unique. And I don't know if y'all have talked about it, Allison, but can participants do it twice if they've gone through it once? Can they come back? Or is it sort of a one-and-done situation? I don't know. I don't know if we've ever been presented that question. Um, okay. I don't see why not. Just curious. Yeah, oh. yeah. It'd be interesting to, to to do that on a second round just to, I, I know for me, when I learn something new, um, I might not hear it the first time because I wasn't ready to hear it. So hearing something and again in a different situation would be pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, and with a different mm -hmm. group. And, and that actually kind of leads me to another thing I was curious about, which is, um, I guess for me, I learned something different going from one group to the other, but I also learned a lot within being in one group because it's eight weeks you spend in this group. Um, I'm curious, what did you get out of your first LBA experience as a facilitator? I was 100% clear that anxiety is a shared experience <laughs> from all of us. You know, we all have our own, we all have our own experience, but we all have our own version of it. Um, but that, that was definitely the commonality as a facilitator, as a participant. Um, there was there was so much uh, common ground that we can all connect with. 
And at the same time, as a facilitator, I really learned the ins and outs of the material a little bit more, you know, much more familiar in a working action and to be able to see it through the lens of so many people and how it worked for them. Like some one, I remember one participant, she really struggled with being present in the moment. That was her um, hard part. And another one was having more time, more trouble taking action. Um, so it's, it's just, it's different for everybody and to, to learn about it through everybody's lens. It's just helpful to know, to bring that to the table for the next group. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more about the, um, the differences in sort of seeing that normalized everybody's experience, just having one person have a different view of it or a different experience of it allowed a third person to hop in with an, another difference and that be totally um, not only acceptable, but like informative to our understanding as a group about what anxiety is. And um, I think that was the biggest thing I learned was that my experience of anxiety was just that it was my experience of it and what worked for me was not necessarily going to work for everybody else and that was i think that was the most peculiar thing was thinking that i really understood anxiety you know that you know it's all about acceptance and not being overly attached to things and then also you got to take care of your body like i thought i had a nice shorthand list of all the reasons why people experience anxiety and that got thrown out the window pretty quickly <laughs> And then on top of that, what helps also got thrown out the window pretty quickly. Um, uh, you know, speaking back about the group we uh, facilitated together, uh, one of the participants processed best through creating art and stories about it. That's so not me, Allison. Like I would never think right. to do that. That's not mm -hmm. that's not how I would operate. But that was the thing that was most helpful. One of them, uh, you know, liked to process when they were in the shower. That was their peace and quiet time where they could be present. Again, I'm singing mute. I'm singing my songs in the shower. That's a, just a different thing for me. And so, um, yeah, I, I felt like um, everybody had a unique experience coming into it. I mean, it was very. I felt like I got to know folks really well through that, and I think the most rewarding part of that was when participants would then begin to say, "Hey, based on what you said back here, this might be a good thing to try." And so. Um, I don't know. It really humanizes everybody and you can begin to speak to the individual rather than throwing out these, you know, things that we've all said before about anxiety. It's like, no, we can get kind of specific with eight weeks and an hour and a half a piece. Uh, I keep saying eight weeks, seven weeks with an hour. Right, right. You really get to know um, the folks that you're working with. So um, like I wanted to jump in and say, that's the best part, too. That's what I got <laughs> the most out of was seeing everybody share and, and, and help each other. Like it, mm. it turns into its own its own thing of a shared experience. Yeah. And that's kind of the saddest part of the group too, is then that's usually when you really start, you know, flowing like that, you've got like a week or two left and you're starting right. to wrap up. And so that's another encouragement to just be honest and, and be open to the experience from the get go. Cause the faster you guys can um, bond and, and be open to the experience of it, the faster you can get into that state where everyone kind of knows each other a little bit and feels confident and that they are welcome to speak into each other's lives um you know these people you know i'm not saying that you guys are going to become best friends i don't think that should be a goal of the group that's not really what i'm trying to say here but um realizing that you guys come in with um a shared goal and somewhat of a similar experience being open to what they have to say um i think you can get a lot out of that 
possibly, right? right? So um, I, I guess I would encourage that a little bit. Um, hmm. Have we have we hit on everything we want to talk about with LBA, or is there any anything that we want to add in here? I think so. Like I, I you know, you you kind of covered the the major parts of it, how the group dynamic works, um, different ways it can be unique. Yeah. Oh, um, I guess last bit of questioning. Um, this is all sort of if you want to sign up, um, letting folks know if there's a price and if there is what the price is, how they can get in contact with us to sign up, when groups are supposed to be, maybe some of that information would be good. I should know the price, <laughs> but I don't. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> Not still on the price. Um, I know in the past it's been pro bono, but I think that's shifting. Okay. Um, so that is to be determined. Okay. Um, and I would say um, feel free to, uh, you can email me directly. Um, okay. It's allison at healthandmind.net or um, just anybody. If you just did a, a contact information, if you looked on healthandmind.net, there's information there. Okay. Um, cool. And there's Facebook. There's a Facebook presence. Um, so I think there's, there's information there. Um, I know that our sessions are starting now. Um, so I would guess probably late summer or fall would be um, the next round. Okay. Excellent. So yeah, if you guys are interested in experiencing LBA, um, uh, Allison, I obviously would recommend it. We've had a good experience facilitating it. And I think we've also each gotten a lot out of it um, for our own personal anxiety um, journeys as far as building skills and learning about it. So um, yeah, uh, thank you guys all for being a part of our WOW community and feel free to follow us on Spotify or Google Podcasts for more episodes. Uh, for questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at intern at healthandmind.net. Lastly, don't forget to follow our social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook at HIMRVA. Allison, thank you for being here, and in all you do, keep your health in mind.